This is a CJSR podcast. Volunteer powered. Listener supported. Campus and community. Radio. Podcast. Podcast. Radio. Radio and and podcast. podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Here in Canada, we have like Thanksgiving. We have Easter. Like here, it's like, okay, Easter bunny. For us, it's like a big thing because Jesus died and, you know, Jesus rose from the dead. Like (laughs) it's a big thing. I mean, if I died and I rose from the dead, I I hope people celebrate on me too. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's different. So, I feel like the celebrations are just like way different. Hey, Julia. Hey, Sherry. What's the cheese miss? This is What's the Cheese Miss, a podcast about Pilipinex identity in Edmonton. Alright, here we go. Hi everyone, my name is Julia Huko, and the chismes I want to get into today is all about Filipino migration and identity. This topic comes from a long-standing conversation between myself and various immigrant friends. More often than not, when you meet someone new and or unfamiliar and they say, Hey, are you by chance Filipino? This is usually followed by one of three things. Oh, wow. How long have you been here? Your English is so good. Or, oh, you're Filipino? I used to have a nanny who's Filipino, and she made the best pancit. And, of course, the classic magindaka, set with a brow wiggle and a slight smirk. Of course, my friends and I, we laugh and jest while brushing it off with a slight shaking of heads. But this got me thinking about these tiny microaggressions. But instead of diving into the stereotypes that these quips are rooted in, I've decided to go a different route. And so I am joined here today by two of my very good friends, Gloria Yap, and Farrah Nunez to dig into the ways we celebrate Filipino culture and how migration affects that. And so without further ado, please welcome Gloria and Farrah. Yeah, what's up, what's up? Really excited to be here today. Thank you both for making the time to be here. I'm super stoked to get this conversation started. And so Farrah, if you could tell the listeners a bit about yourself. Hi, y'all. My name is Farah. I moved here when I was 12 years old from the Philippines. I remember just being really excited because my mom was already here and we were supposed to just join her and then, you know, start a new life. So that was the plan. And now, 10 years later, we're still here and I still speak the language. I still know the language, uh, the, my culture very well. And yeah, 
that's it. Thanks, Farah and Gloria. Hey guys, so uh, like Farah, I did move here at a young age, but I represent someone, um, a population very different from her. I moved here when I was eight, so I basically have no memories of my childhood and my life in Philippines. Um, and it makes it worse that I moved to a really small town where nobody knows what Filipino was. <laughs> so I will seem a little bit more Canadian to you guys. <laughs> and so when you first moved to Canada, was there any idea or any expectations that you guys had before you actually moved here? As a child, like I was raised without my mom. So the first expectation that I have was oh my gosh, like I'm going to see my mom again after like years. So my story is a little bit different with Gloria, but I was kind of forced to move here because my mom was here working. So I was excited to see where she was living for like all these years, right? So I was just excited to kind of see, you know, what's the other part of the world kind of like looks like or snow, right? Like in the Philippines, we don't have snow. So I was like, okay, I'm down for snow. But obviously that was like a 12-year-old me. But like looking back now, I'm like, oh, wow. Like there was a lot of like impact in, in my life when since I moved to Canada. Um, we definitely did. Actually, a funny story is before we came here, my mom was so afraid that we would be bullied about uh, with our accent that we would rehearse and read from this book every day and we would try and mimic the American accent um, and try to correct our grammar as as much as we could. And then I came here and I'm not gonna lie, a lot of people here, their grammar isn't the greatest. Um, right. And they have a lot of colloquial terms that I never got to learn. So it was kind of weird using like um, grammatically correct essay speech talking to <laughs> Canadians because they're like, why are you saying therefore? That's weird. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely one of the things that no one preps you about with exactly. all the different manuals they have on newcomer guides to Canada. No one really tells you what actually happens in the first couple days. Yeah. And so right now, um, you know, you guys are in your early mid-20s. Um, can you talk about the ways in which migrating has impacted the way you view the world? I have definitely carried a lot of my Filipino culture in me just because I moved here and I was already like 12, although I don't remember a lot, but I was kind of raised already. Like I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't really a baby, right? So I kind of remember 80% of my childhood in the Philippines. So how I was raised kind of, I still brought that like living in Canada. So to answer that question, I guess it's like more, I was kind of nicer to people because I, w I remember like in school, like people weren't really nice to each other. The like, kids were, um, they were really friendly. Like in the Philippines, everyone's friends. So like being a Filipino, you know, student at school, like I would always try to be friendly and like always try to be nice because that's how I was raised. And also being a young, like 25 year old girl now, like working, Work ethic also tend to work harder. I don't know if it's like a stereotype, but I, you tend to like work harder compared to other cultures. So I guess that's that's a big impact here. And you also kind of see how other people work and you get to be compared to other cultures, I guess. No, that's a very good point, Farah. 
And then so Gloria, for you, like how has migrating impacted the way you view the world? I actually got the experience to go back to Philippines and live there for a bit. And I really got to see how that impacted me because going back, I found I couldn't fit in no matter what I did. And I found that because I didn't really know the language because I didn't grow up speaking it. Because I am a Filipina who struggles to speak my own language, I was kind of like ridiculed for it. So that kind of sucked. But that is something that I'm kind of working towards now and I'm really happy that I got to go back home because I think it's important to go back to your roots and that's another thing that you have to think about is when you're moving when you're moving to a new country and you grew up in that culture it's easy to just assimilate and just forget about your roots and that's another thing that can radically change your views for sure like I'm not gonna lie when I was younger I didn't really identify as Filipino and I didn't even like other Filipino people part of it was because um, the Filipinos that I knew they only spoke uh, Tagalog and I'm Cebuana so I don't speak that language and they kind of just like the new ones who came in later they excluded me from their groups because I couldn't speak their language and so that just kind of like fueled that um, resentment towards my own um, culture and so that made me um, question my identity a lot because outside I was Filipina but inside there was nothing Filipina about me mm -hmm. and so with that like how important do you guys think language is in retaining a sense of culture or a sense of bond to your home identity? Well, honestly, like with what Gloria was saying, like for someone that speaks the language like fluently, I definitely have, you know, I think language is the number one thing because how can you communicate? How can you even communicate with someone if you don't even speak the same language? But I know that I would have, I would know people that are is that are kind of like the same boat with, with Gloria that they're Filipino but can't really speak or like I can understand but I can't speak it kind of thing. Um, so, as a Filipina that can speak it, you have to be always be like cautious of how you talk. Like you have to be, like you always have to be cautious. Like okay, like you have to speak English only. Like make sure that you don't feel that you don't make you make you don't make that person feel left out kind of thing like you have to always include that person so you always have to be more cautious but like for me I'm like okay don't but like you have to be more considerate but it's also like you can't control mm -hmm. the other people on how what kind of language they want to to speak so it's not just communicating it's also how to um, it, it also helps to make that person comfortable being around you I guess um, for me, I definitely, definitely find that that's a very important thing um, to know your own language regarding your culture because if English isn't your first language or if you speak another language very fluently, you'll know that um, your personality changes when you change with your dialect as well, right? That's and true. you find that you're actually um, a bit more attuned to your own culture when you speak your own language because not only is like your mannerisms and kind of like the Filipino in you just gets brought to the front. And so if you can't share that with your culture, it feels like there's something missing there and it feels like there's a disconnect. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even if you're trying to translate it all in English, it's just, it never it's translates it's the, same. the same, right? And so, yeah, you can, you kind of feel like you're, you're like, 
someone just trying to learn about the culture rather than actually experiencing and immersing yourself in it. Mm-hmm. No, that's a very good point. Um, at the same time, there are so many other factors that would influence someone's identity aside from language, although language is a big um, part of that. For those that don't necessarily um, have the background in speaking Tagalog or any of uh, any of the other um, dialects, would you guys be able to provide at least one or two examples of good Filipino traditions that don't require language that you remember from when you were back home? Well, that's a very difficult one for me because, um, like I said, I'm only just coming to learn about my culture again. Um, one thing that I do notice that's something super different in our cultures is Christmas. And that's the season right now, right? So mm-hmm. back home, we are loud, we are cheerful, we are joyous. We're a little illegal with all the fireworks, but you know, it's Christmas, <laughs> yeah. no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> and in the Western province, it's more of quiet, silent night, like, you know, like the family gathering, but not as big and as crazy as the ones in Philippines. You know, here it's just the immediate family, sometimes maybe the grandparents or the in-laws. But yeah, that's something completely different, um, even down to our food. They have lechon. We have lechon, I mean, and they have like, what, like ham? So, <laughs> hey, ham's still lit. Ham's yeah. great. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's true. But also, I think another one is uh, just like different celebrations, I think. Like here in Canada, we have like Thanksgiving. We have um, we have like Remembrance Day or like like these these holidays that we don't have in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. So that's also kind of different, nice. right? Um Another thing is, like, I feel like some celebration that is kind of the same is celebrated dif- different, like Gloria, what Gloria was saying, like Easter. Like, here it's like, okay, Easter bunny. Like, for us, it's like a big thing because Jesus died and, yeah, you know, Jesus yeah, right, right. rose from the dead. Like, <laughs> it's a big thing. Like, I mean, if I died and I rose from the dead, I mean, I hope people celebrate it on me too. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's different. So, I feel like the celebrations are just like way different. When you grow up here and you're learning their holidays here, you almost want to take it back home to the Philippines, right? We don't really celebrate Halloween back there. We don't do trick-or-treating. But that's just something that's, that's become near and dear to your heart, you know, because when you grow up somewhere else, yes, you are Filipino, but you, you also become a citizen of that country, at least by heart. One of the best things about being in Canada is that we're all able to celebrate, even though it's way more low-key than it would be back home. We're still able to do that um, here in Canada. (laughs) So yay, Canada! Um, And so speaking of traditions and the teachings that come with it, ever since you've moved, have you found yourself kind of deviating from some of the more traditional Filipino values or teachings and if so, how has that impacted your relationship with your old self? For me, it's hard to practice Filipino values when you're exposed to a lot of different personalities, different attitudes, different people, and like other cultures too. And you go home and then you bring all those differences that you learn from outside, you bring that home to your parents that are not exposed to the same mm-hmm. thing. For example, like we have this value of doing manopo, like 
mm-hmm. you know, like taking the hand and then with elderly. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids that were raised in the Philippines still do that. And, you know, when you go into other like settings, I guess, you don't really do that. So sometimes you forget and your parents would expect you to just always remember that value. Like you cannot forget that. Mm-hmm. If you forget it, you're disrespectful. Mm-hmm. It's hard, especially if you're like meeting a lot of people mm-hmm. and doing that Filipino value in front of non-Filipinos, you would feel that you'd get judged or or like it's just, you know, uncomfortable because they don't know, like you have to like explain it and then do I still do it or like not? So then I don't have to explain it, but you're like, your mom's watching you with that one eye, you know what I'm saying? So like, okay, let's just do it, you know? So I guess that's just, that's just um, my take on that. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, I wasn't raised the most traditional way, but I do definitely... Um, I have noticed that the way I was raised was not at all the same as my friends, even down to the small things like, hey, mom, can I have a sleepover like all the other people are doing, all right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, why? Why? You have a nice bed at home? <laughs> You're just like, that's not the point, though. The and they're like, they won't feed you. They won't do this and that. And you're just like, but like, you're you're depriving me of these like, fundamental memories and building blocks of my childhood like mm-hmm. and now that I'm an adult it's even harder because I am less afraid of my parents and because I um talk a lot to the more free-spirited uh western um friends of mine mm-hmm. they they've definitely um like gassed me up <laughs> and they're telling me like hey hey you're like 23 like you got to fight back and stuff so that's definitely caused a lot of um, problems in my family. It just feels like they're kind of forcing their beliefs onto me. And that's where I find that maybe deviating from your own culture isn't always so bad. When it comes to your experience um, as an immigrant, as a young immigrant, in a few years here, we're going to be, well, the three of us would have lived more in Canada than we have lived mm-hmm. um, in the Philippines. And so at what point do you consider yourself either more Filipino or more Canadian um, in however you take that? That's still, honestly, that's a very, that's a question that I've been struggling with for so long. Definitely growing up, my parents never enforced too much um, Filipino culture into me. More of like, just like the disciplinary actions, the beliefs and stuff, but not none of like the the little things you know like going back to the philippines i relearned my own language which definitely instilled a lot a lot of the culture in me and i just learned little small things i guess like inviting someone to eat when you're having a meal even if you don't like mean it even if you have small amounts of food you're like hey let's eat um i was actually um or i guess a bunch of my friends were um kind of teasing me about that because I never used to do that when I grew up here. Um, I thought that was super weird because like, what if they said yes and I don't actually want to share my shop out? Like, oh my God. So, but um, I understand that is part of the culture and I do find it a little cute, you know, a little kitschy. So I've definitely introduced that back into my own habits. Um, But yeah. I'm definitely more Filipino. And I have friends, which I'm very proud of, 100%. 
I have carried my values since I moved here to not only my Filipino friends, but also like my non-Filipino friends. And a good thing about it is they actually appreciate it. I can see that other people are also trying to have that same value like me. Like, for example, I always ask other people, okay, do you want to, oh, do you want to have some of these? Or, you know, do you want a piece or something if you're eating? And my other non-Filipino friends would not do that, but now they start doing that because I do that too. And so with that, have you guys ever struggled with either making friends outside Filipinos or vice versa, actually making friends in Filipino circles? Whenever I tried to get along with other uh, Cebuanos, none of my jokes landed, uh, and I didn't understand their jokes. It was a very, like, tough love kind of feeling. And so um, one thing that I do find that I've picked up from the Westerners is um, I'm very sensitive to comments. So whenever they say like mataba, I'm just like, excuse me, you can't say that. It's 2020. So, you know, like body positivity, you are a fat hater, you know, like I just can't. Speaking to that, going back to Philippines, I was a big, big girl. Like. I was uh, 250 pounds, um, I was big. And so that was another thing too, is that they're so mean to fat people back home. Like, oh my God. Um, and that was actually a big thing that made me um, have a hard time even just speaking to people is that, you know, in Canada, it's not so common to comment on people's looks or even to like um, throw like a backhanded joke. <laughs> um, and then another thing is we're very blunt over here. So uh, I did run into a few problems back in the Philippines because nobody likes blunt comments in the Philippines, if you guys notice that. And so that's a big thing is that the way we communicate our like problems with each other. That was one of the biggest walls for uh, integrate back into the Filipino community. Um, I think... Now, I'm more like, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty confident in making friends, even Filipinos or non-Filipinos. It was more maybe when I just moved to Canada because I didn't, I didn't really speak the language. Like, I wasn't really good at English. Well, I mean, I'm still not good at English. But before, like, I was barely, I was barely speaking in English. So it was hard for me to kind of, you know, make the first move kind of thing, even though I wasn't really... I'm not really a shy type of person. It was more like the language, like going back to the language, right? But as I get older, like I can speak more and more English, like I get more comfortable with the language. So it was kind of, I'm, I'm just blessed and lucky that I'm not really, I didn't really struggle with that kind of um, issue. Like I was okay with making, you know, I've, I've ha I have, good friends that are Filipinos and I also have good friends that are non-Filipinos and it's just I guess like just lucky I guess yeah mm -hmm. so now that you guys are older um do you guys have any thoughts or comments about what it must have been like for your parents um to uproot their families to a brand new country yeah for me that's definitely um one of the bigger things that I think about actually is my mom, she brought us over here without my dad and she raised us, like all four of us kids and she had multiple jobs and she was just such a powerhouse, you know? And 
that that does come like especially when I go against our Filipino beliefs um, I feel bad because she's the one who brought us here and then you know it's kind of like a slap to her face for her to work hard and bring us over just for me to turn my back on my own culture and that's actually one of my bigger struggles and fears right now is if I keep going and if I just completely adapt my Western lifestyle, um, like even if she doesn't approve, I just wonder if it makes her regret bringing us over, you know, regret um, sacrificing a lot of that time, energy from her family, um, from her own husband. You know, it took eight years for my dad to finally be able to be with my mom full time. So I have this guilt of maybe I should suck it up. Maybe I should put my family, my parents before me um, because they've done so much for me. Um, and I don't want her to feel bad because, it, I mean, it was her who brought me to this great country who've, who's opened my mind and the, the opportunities to my future is like unbelievable compared to if I was stuck in the Philippines. And that's the sad truth, right? So, and I think that's something that um, many of the first generation Filipinos struggle with. For my situation, it was, I think it was really fulfilling for my mom because she was working for a long, long time overseas without us in the Philippines. So us coming here was actually an achievement for my family. So that was kind of good. Like, uh, well, that was good. Um, I think that was her biggest achievement for us, for me and my sister and my dad to, you know, move here and leave everything behind in the Philippines and start a new life. So that was, yeah, that was an achievement. Do you think that utang na loob, which is basically what Gloria was putting uh, so succinctly, that feeling of indebtedness to someone who's done you a great favor, how do you think that's impacting the way you grow up um, in Canada as a Filipino woman, if at all? I mean, that's a really big struggle, right? Like, is it, is it really right to say I should sacrifice my mental health and my happiness because I owe my mom, because I owe her for bringing me here? So should I never date any white people? Should I never go against anything that she says, even when it's wrong, even when it's hurting me, simply because she brought me over here? You know, like, you know, to what extent was that even, do you even owe that much to her? Because as your mother, of course she would want to bring you over here. You know, she, she wanted to bring us here. She wanted that life for herself as well. So how much are you really indebted to her? And how much of your sanity and of, of your own happiness do you have to give up? And that's, I mean, just thinking about that, that's messed up, right? Like. Mm-hmm. You have to like, you have to be unhappy just to make your parents happy, all because they made they did this for you. Well, okay, with for me at the end of the day, family's family. So I'm more I don't see it as like a debt to my mom, like like that I'm indebted to my mom. It's more like she did her part before, and now it's our job to kind of do our part to be to stay in this family. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying, like, you're, what yeah. you're feeling is wrong, but I'm saying, like, in the, in the past, I was a kid. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't really do anything. Like, my dad wasn't really educated. So it was my mom that had that kind of, like, a ticket to go somewhere and kind of dream for us, right? Now, it's me that's dreaming for my family. Like, I think that it's not really, like, an utang na lobe. It's more, like, it's your it's your responsibility to be doing this or to be doing what is expected of you because you're part of this family. Like you were, you're their child. And I, I think having a different value with your parents, it's not really, I don't think they would see it as you, that you're like kind of forgetting about them or you're having your own thing. I think in the back of their head, it's more like they don't really understand because I, like I said earlier, they're not really exposed to that kind of differences because they don't have Instagram. They don't have like friends that are, you know, speaking in English all day. Like, you know, they're very different, but that clash will always be there because at the end of the day, we live in a place where it's diverse. Like it's inevitable. Like I feel like we're, it's always going to be there. But being here as an immigrant, I feel like, you know, it's a family thing. It's a bond. Like, at the end of the day, it's always like a family is a family, so. And that's where, I guess, that really shows um, our differences with my, like, very westernized ideology mm -hmm. and your very traditional Filipino one. Don't get me wrong, like, my parents are very traditional, but I also incorporate, like, a westernized value in my household, and they don't like that. Like, I always get, you know, I, my mom yell at me, mm -hmm. like, but at the end of the day, like, it all comes down to it's it's family, right? So you can't really avoid clashes and, and things like that. And, like, one example is, like, like if you have a boyfriend, like, mm -hmm. your parents want your boyfriend to be there, sitting there, like, watching TV with them. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. That's awkward. So <laughs> me, I'm like, uh, no, we're going somewhere else. Like, we're going to go to his house or, yeah. like, you know, friend's house. But to them, it's, like, a no-no because they don't do that in the Philippines because they're not really brought up like that. It's there, but we're just very subtle with transitioning to like a westernized culture yeah. and not like don't mind. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm where you can't forget your values as a Filipino, but you kind of mix it. Up. It's just like a stew. Like you mix it up a little bit, like, yeah. you know, like <laughs> yeah. hope for the best. Yeah. And you add a little bit of spice there, even if it's not really the traditional way, like, right. but it still tastes good. Like it's still the same. It's still <laughs> exactly. the same stew. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So that's, that's what I think. Right, and at what point do you start becoming your own individual or if that's even accepted or allowed in our culture? We've been talking a lot about what it's like coming into Canada and so I wanted to ask, was there anything specific that reminds you of home, wherever home may be for you? Honestly, it's more like the food is number one. Like, you know, whenever my dad just cooks like, you know, like, adobo like sinigang caldereta those things i'm like hey <laughs> you know that slaps that's you know food and just i think just spending time with family i think because in the philippines it's it's, it's really big mm -hmm. you don't have a lot of access to like wi-fi phones a computer like none of that in the philippines so it's more like every time we kind of spend time together, just like, you know, sitting there, chill, talk. It reminds me of home because that's what we usually do back home. Um, but yeah. And also like Christmas also. Christmas is big. So every time it's Christmas time, I'm like, all right, Santa's coming. Um, well, for me, besides food, one thing that actually I'm not sure that I feel like it's a little overlooked, but 
um, Filipino music, man. Mm. That just brings me back. Like when I when I was back in the Philippines, I really got into viz pop. I'm not gonna lie. Like that slaps. Like oh my god. Like I'm jamming out all day. My accent is all over the place, but whatever. <laughs> um, if you guys heard like Balay ni Mayang, oh my god. Like I would listen to that all day at the beach, and then I'm like on the train, cold as f here, and I'm playing it, and then I'm just like transported back. There's like. The, the breeze in my hair, the sound of the ocean lapping against that white sand, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm home. And then it just like, it brings that homesickness so hard to me, and I'm like, oh my god, I want to call my mom. I know it's probably gonna like end in a fight, but whatever. <laughs> I'm Try in my feels right now. <laughs> and another thing like is in the Philippines, like, I don't know about like in Cebu or like where um, Joy is from in Rizal, like, it's every. Every time you go outside, it's like loud. Like there's always people talking. Like the streets are never empty. Here it's like no one's here. Like you know. Um, but in the Philippines, it's always loud. You always hear like jeep and like tricycle and like you know everything is like horns. Like just like so busy. And I think every time I'm kind of like in the city, like Calgary or Toronto, like I was like, oh my god, busy cities like reminds me of home because like this is how it should be. This is how Philippines is like, you know. So that's like that's another thing that every time it's like loud, especially like Filipino parties, when everything is when everyone's kind of like together, all crazy and loud, like that reminds me of home. Also, I don't know if you guys noticed, but like Filipinos just always like so happy, even though they're you know going through like the hardest things. But that's why I keep laughing. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but not really. Go home and like <laughs> single tear, single tear. But yeah, no, definitely, like, um, for me, that one thing that I miss that really reminds me of home is street food. Uh, street food, like, kwek kwek, fishball, kikiang, um, isao, all of that, even though I know it's gonna have me sitting on the toilet for, like, four days on end. It's worth it. It's so worth it. Back home is... It's hard to explain to people. You just have to go there. And so, there you have it, folks. The next time you bump into a Filipina, Filipino, Filipinex, instead of asking, so where are you really from? Maybe you can ask them what they're missing the most about being at home. Not only will you get a better conversation, I guarantee you're going to learn something new. With that, I just wanted to remind everyone that What's the Chismes is taking a small hiatus over the holidays, and we will be back on January 4th. In the meantime, stay warm, stay healthy, and we'll see you then. What's the Chismes is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM based in Edmonton, Alberta, on Treaty 6 territory. Today's episode was produced by me, Julia Huko, with the help of Chris Ching Yan Phillips, Sherry Island, and the team at What's the Chismes. Big ups to my good friends Gloria Yap and Tara Nunes for stopping by. And you can find all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, and on our website, whatsthechismes.transistor.fm. You can also connect with us on the socials. Facebook at What's the Cheese Meets CJSR, Instagram at What's the Cheese Meets, 
or email us at chismis at cjsr.com. That's T-S-I-S-M-I-S. Salamat!